I feel like I talk to you guys every week because I listen to the podcast. You know what I mean? I hope you're not yelling at us or threatening us or anything. So. <laughs> no. I talk to you guys when you're on the podcast, but you don't hear me. So when I listen to it, you don't hear me. And the home of the talk deck hockey street hockey ball hockey it's hockey in sneakers and it is episode 95 and that sounds very fast indeed i think we discussed a couple weeks ago james and i did about how uh, lightning mcqueen wears number 95 and 95 was uh um i had like nba live 95 for the super nintendo and that was cool, I guess, when I was into basketball for like five, six, seven years. So that was good. I had my own character. I had uh, I made my I made my own character, Gary McComiskey. I know I was very original. I think I wore number fifty-five. I was like seven feet tall. This nice. skinny, seven-foot-tall white dude whose like shooting stats were maxed out. I I didn't like a challenge. <laughs> I just, I just always got the ball to myself and, and scored lots and lots of points, but uh, that was that was a long time ago, ninety five. So th- I guess what I'm saying here is that this is podcast episode number ninety five. Yes, it is. So there's that. I don't, right. I don't know. James, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Uh, getting ready for our uh, roast chatteries tournament coming up. And uh, how about yourself? I'm I'm hoping I don't give up 95 goals. Oh God, please! <laughs> and I'm hoping it is not 95 degrees. Oh, I'm hoping please. the number 95 has nothing to do with this weekend's tournament. Sounds good to me. I, uh, I I'm very excited, actually, James. We, as you know, as the listener does not know, unless you checked out our Instagram feed this past week, you might have an inkling. But uh, as you know, James. We had a practice with John Lenhart, recent guest of the podcast, who will also be our teammate on Saturday for the Rose Charities Tournament. And I, I felt really good about that. I don't know about you. Oh, absolutely. It was a lot of fun to get out there to work on some plays and get the uh, heart rate up and whatever and uh, just get to gel a little bit. I, I'm a big fan of, of practice. I'm not one of those guys who just shows up and plays. I, I think practice is extremely important, especially because I'm not very athletic, so I need all the work I could get and the muscle memory and all that stuff. Because when you need to pull the trigger on a shot, you got to make sure the shot goes off. And there's nothing more frustrated than when you show up to play and you're not doing anything right because you haven't played since the last time you were in a game. So uh, I enjoyed it very much. I appreciated it. John's a great teammate and a great coach too. Picked up some some pointers and, and you were fantastic out there too. So if that's any indication of how you're going to play in the tournament, Watch out, folks, because the American Rhino is coming for you. Well, God willing, I, I certainly worked hard enough. I it took me about a day and a half to recover. So yeah, I mean, that, I think that's I faced enough shots. I hope. Yes, so. you did. And yes, you, did. you know, I I said I quipped on the day that I think I faced about that many shots last year in the tournament. So hopefully, I'm I'm as ready for that as I was seemingly at, at practice. Now, not to say John didn't you know, score a bunch of goals on me in practice because he's very good and he does that. But I think I held my own and, and you, you scored a couple of times on me too, James. Yeah. But I mean, that was the point that, that John and, and I weren't holding back. So, uh, that that's, we were getting the best of everybody. So that just makes you better. And, uh, you were making some big, big saves out there too. So don't, don't brush that over. I know you're a little bit too humble to admit that. And it was great to see, especially with the glove, was looking good and uh, you really warmed up nicely and the movement was fantastic and I enjoyed it. It was, it was a lot of fun. Again, John's a great guy to work with and play with. He's a good friend and uh, if you didn't hear his interview a couple of podcasts ago, definitely listen. 
because he is a man of his word. So I think we are better teammates for it and looking forward to the tournament on Saturday. Yeah, as am I. I hope I didn't leave all those good saves in practice. I hope I saved, no pun intended, a few of them back for Saturday. So uh, we'll see. And I am ready for the tournament in another way. If you did check out our Instagram feed, you know. But if not, you should take a look. We are at Hit the Deck on Instagram. And you can see the tape job I did on my pads to get them ready for the tournament. And if you have not seen it, let me just say that your American Rhino is, is, is ready to fly on Saturday. Yeah, the most beautiful pads I think I've ever seen. And that includes those awesome pads that Lundquist had at the City Field game on uh, January 1st, which incorporated the Mets logo. And you know how we all feel about the Mets logo. So uh, great stuff, man. My pads, if anything, you, you look good. My new pads are well glorious. That's right. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. But that's Saturday, and that's the Rose Charities Tournament. We, uh, we have for you on this podcast, spoiler, we have some chit-a-chat about another tournament that's coming up in in. A little further down the road, but uh, we have a special guest on the podcast to tell us all about it. So, you know, we should probably get to that since, you know, he is our guest and it's rude to keep him waiting. I agree. You're totally right. All right. Well, in that case, let's jump right into our starting lineup, shall we? And for tonight's starting lineup in goal, as ever, I am number 35, your American Rhino, Gary McComiskey, and of course, my stalwart co-host. On defense, number four, I'm James Sejazi, and back with us tonight. On defense, number 13, I named Kevin Frost. Welcome back to the podcast, Kevin. Thank you for having me. I appreciate being back. We appreciate your taking the time to be here with us. Amen to that, sir. So, uh, so yeah, as the teaser, Kevin has some big news to share with us. And we will get to that in just a minute. But first, I am going to put the brakes on here real quick, just so I can impose upon James. James, would you please be so kind as to tell us what is on deck for this podcast? Would be happy to, sir. Thank you. Raleigh Big News. Kevin Frost, as you just heard, of the Raleigh Street Hockey League is back with some huge updates. Kevin sums up the RSHL's spring season and has a big new tournament to announce. And modified interference. In late March, the NHL revised the goalie's interference rule. The American Rhino weighs in on what he thinks about it. And that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. You're welcome, sir. All right. And I will thank Kevin for waiting. And I guess... We'll, we'll get right to it. Yeah, I, th- I think we should get right to it. Absolutely. So let's just jump right into it. Mr. Frost, please lay down a summary of your very successful RSHL's spring season. Yeah, we had a great season this time around. Uh, we had some new teams come in, a new team come in, and things got shaken up a little bit. It was starting with C Division. The second seed, Labatt Blues, had a decisive victory, six to nothing, actually. Over the first seed, Border Patrol. Border Patrol came into the game with a league lead, 55 goals. And that was in 10 games. So they were scoring like crazy. Their goals against was actually pretty low. At, I believe it was about 17 or or somewhere around there, maybe even less than that coming into it. And it was just a total turnaround, six to nothing. So the Labatt Blues kept them from scoring. And that was actually the Labatt Blues' first Carolina Cup win since they've been a team. They've been a team for a long time now. And uh, they finally clinched one. All right, congrats. Now remind us, please, Kevin, how long are your seasons? We go uh, full season. If you made it to the finals, it would be 11 games. So we got four teams generally in each division, and they round-robin three times, so that's nine games. You get Everybody makes it to the semifinals, and then you get a final. And now the kickoff to your season, if I recall correctly, is the Ironman tournament, which you came on to promote last time. How did that go? Oh, it was awesome. We had a blast. We had a lot of teams come out, had a lot of teams from uh, other areas come out, and we had an absolute blast. It was it was a lot of upsets in that Ironman tournament, too. Teams that you would have thought on paper were going to do it, you know, just couldn't get it done. And as you know, the Charlotte guys, I believe, came on and had a conversation about that. The That's Charlotte amazing. guys came in and, and ran the table in the C division. So it was great. Yeah, they had we, a bunch of teams, if the listener will recall, and, and they did pretty well for themselves. So, yeah, that, that was it was exciting to watch. And, uh, of course, Daniel does a great job calling those games. And we were very happy to be able to 
be right there rinkside for the action. So if the listener uh, didn't listen last time, every game, or not every game, but every week there's a new game for the RSHL that is up there on their YouTube channel that you can check out and you can be right there in the action. And the, the entirety of their Ironman tournament is streamed up there on the YouTube channel. So that's something if you want to go back and check that out, it's really, it's, it's just, it's several hours of great hockey and you're, you're going to want to, if you have some time and you enjoy such things, you're going to want to sit down, buckle in and, and check that out. Cause it really was a good time. Yeah. We had a blast. It's uh, the YouTube channel is great for, if you got a rainy day, or uh, you're nursing an injury or something, you can sit on the couch and get a whole lot of hockey. There's plenty of hockey up there that you can watch, and there's some phenomenal games that you know you're you're you always feel lucky when the great games or the great goals or something get caught that week on camera because you know it's going to be a lot of fun to rewatch it. And just remind our listeners, every team gets a shot at being the featured game of the week at some point during the season. Yeah, we we try to get everybody in there. So you know sometimes teams get on there twice because you know of who they're playing uh we try to get each division each team and then usually during the semifinals we'll get like two games out of the maybe six games that we have and then every final game is recorded so the three divisions get recorded so those will be up in the next couple weeks those are getting edited right now and obviously it's a lot of film to edit right now so but they will be up soon all right that is good news good to hear thank you sir and moving along we got the b division the second seed Purple Cobras, they won their first Carolina Cup. Again, another uh, first. But this was actually their inaugural season, and they won that game 8-1. to one. The Purple Cobras, they just formed the team actually from some ice hockey guys. They were looking wow. to try out ball hockey. So this was their very first season as a team. They started in the B division. The chemistry was there because those guys all play high-end ice hockey together, and they came out swinging, and, and they had a statement game. They're going to think it's that easy all the time. <laughs> yeah yeah they might they actually they beat the first seed reapers and the reapers are no joke they've played a record eight straight finals going into that unfortunately their record isn't that good i think they're one seven and oh yeah. the finals but they have made it to the finals eight times in a row so that's a pretty crazy statistic right there yeah it's like the bills right like it was super <laughs> they just they keep making it and they just can't win yeah i believe i heard some of them call themselves the bridesmaids never the bride so it's something to that oh. effect uh, their words not mine <laughs> yeah. well and, and that's not fair either going up against the juggernaut of ice hockey players too so just bad luck on that you know what it's interesting though if you had the choice uh, would you want to be the team that always made the finals and never won or would you want to you know <laughs> i don't know would you rather be a team that maybe could win the finals, but there was no guarantee of making it there? Personally, uh, I uh, I would probably rather lose in the semifinals than lose in the finals. Yeah, <laughs> that tough. would be my that would be my wish. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Kevin. And uh, being the uh, Brooklynite over here, being inherited from the Brooklyn Dodgers of uh, always getting to the World Series and not quite doing it, with the exception of 1955. So exactly, I feel the same way. It hurts. A little more, I think, to get that far and not totally complete the task at hand. But that is something to be applauded, though, when you really look back on it, to make the finals, to mean that you are that good and you deserve to be there. So, But yeah, sometimes when you get that far and you lose, you know, like the bigger they are, the harder they fall type thing. But uh, yeah, if, if you're going to lose, then you know, rip the Band-Aid off quick in, in the early round and just get out of there. You know? yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah, good luck to the Reapers in the future there. Definitely. Yeah. I got to say, the Purple Cobras sounds like something from Legends of the Hidden Temple from uh, Nickelodeon when I was a kid. I don't know if either of you watched that show, but that was good times. I didn't catch that one, and I might not be pronouncing it clearly. It's the Purple Cobras. Okay. Oh, okay. B-R-A-H. So. Well, like bra? The, like, uh, the Purple Cobras. <laughs> like a sigh of relief. Although from the sounds of it, if you're facing them, there is nothing to be relieved about. Correct. And yeah, maybe they didn't want to step on uh, Cobra Commander's toes and anything like that and reap the wrath of Destro and those guys. So go with the Hawaiian bra, which is a good, good, good way to go. <laughs> I was just today on the news. I saw Puerto Rico had another blackout, which is terrible because that island can't catch a break. But it said that uh, Cobra was to blame for the outage. 
So I said, oh, somebody better call G.I. Joe. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, that was the I, best show growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. G.I. Joe was not there, and, and that was unfortunate. <laughs> they did play baseball, though. The, uh, the MLB game that was scheduled down there. I believe the Twins and, and I can't remember who else they were playing, but they had generators for just such an occasion. So the baseball game went on. Well, now they know. And knowing is go. half the battle. Sorry, Kevin. We, we don't want to steal the podcast from you. So <laughs> no, continue, please, sir. I love it. I love it. I'm sorry, Puerto uh, Rico. I'm really not trying to make light of your tragedy. I'm just, I have no taste and, and I will do anything for a cheap laugh. Okay, sorry. Please, Kevin, continue. How 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 else do the teams fare? Well, I don't know if I mentioned it, but the Cobras beat the last season champions and third seed Zambronis in overtime, two to one. That was to make it to the finals. So it was a pretty good game. I'm not sure if that one was on video or not, but that was a really fun game to watch. I uh, want to say that's a funny late. Sorry, I want to say that's a great name. I mean, obviously, it's a play on Zamboni. But they may also be big My Little Pony fans because those are called bronies. So I'm not sure. That's got the makings of a great name, but I'm not sure exactly where I fall on that line there. What do you think? I've never seen anyone dressed up like a My Little Pony at the game. Okay. So <laughs> it, it, might, it might be more of a play on the Zamboni. Nobody I'm has like a, on the names on the back of their jerseys aren't like Fluttershy and, and uh, Applejack and... Uh, Twilight Sparkle. I have a seven-year-old daughter. I just want to put that out there right now. That's it's not. Uh, I myself am not a bro. I'm just. I'm just reciting what I've seen. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. I just, you know. Correct. All As right. You're saying, Kevin. <laughs> uh, move along to A division then. Mm-hmm, please. <laughs> All right. So uh, A division, the uh, Lock Monsters were the fourth seed. And they won five to four. Another highly contested game against the third seed Big Hawks. And uh, Kevin, uh, would you remind yeah. us what team you play for? <laughs> I uh, I am on the Lock Monsters. Oh, as well. you don't I, say! What a remarkable yes. coincidence. My timing must have been <laughs> just unimaginably perfect there. That's uh, what a timely question. Wow. Okay. So, congratulations to you, sir. How did you do? We did good. Thank you. I am only the uh, coach and the captain of the team. Uh, oh, my that's wife's all. the GM. She makes <laughs> the hard decisions. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we did good. Like I said, five to four win. It was a lot of fun. The Lock Monsters, like I said, were the fourth seed. And it may be the only time a fourth seed has won that I can recall. So, that's fourth seed uh, out of four. Just so we're out of four. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wow. Sorry. Uh, so yeah, bottom, bottom of the, didn't have a great season. Didn't go as planned, but the boys stepped up and played like maniacs in the semifinals. We beat the champions from last season nice. uh, in the semifinals. And then we beat them six to one actually. And then uh, that was a pretty crazy game too. Cause they had beat us last season in the finals. We had made it to the finals last season and they had beat us in the finals. So it was, a, it was a little payback in the semifinals. So, so it's a rivalry. <laughs> so we had a great game and then came up with the win. And this was the Lock Monsters' eighth Carolina Cup. And we've been to the finals six times in a row and now have won five of those. So nice. it's been a really good stretch so far. Juggernaut. Congratulations. Man. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, well, it just goes to show all that matters is that you can win the last game of the season. So Absolutely. Last two. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's all we need. <laughs> and uh, and Kevin, just uh, out of curiosity, for the Carolina Cup itself, does each champion team of each division get a night with the cup itself? Do you kind of share the trophy? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, during the off season, it kind of goes around from team to team, and then like we just handed the uh, cup over to the Purple Cobras, Cobras, because it's their first win. We got it right out to them, and they're going to be spending some time with it. It was only one cup. We've had one cup for about 10 years now or so. Uh, a lot of teams get their names engraved in it with their records yeah. and stuff. And then it'll head over to the Labatt Blues. And given that I'm kind of the keeper of the cup in the off seasons and while it's waiting to be captured again, it'll end up coming back around to me and I'll, I'll get it around to my teammates as well. Do you Thank have that. to wear white gloves when you handle it? Oh, absolutely. Okay, all right. <laughs> How big is the Carolina Cup, out of curiosity? It's a decent size. I want to say it's uh, probably a three-footer. 
at least. Wow, nice. Is it yeah. reminiscent of the Stanley Cup or is it its own animal? No, it looks just like the Stanley Cup. Nice. Yeah, you can actually see it on the uh, RSHL YouTube page from the highlights of the semifinals of what Kevin is just walking us through for the spring season that Daniel Wilson has also put up the uh, 2018 playoffs so far, and he opens it up with the Carolina Cup right in the middle. So it's an impressive-looking trophy, fantastic series, and, and well done on all points. Now, so when you win that, that game, when you win that final game, does Daniel Wilson come out to center ice and say, Kevin Frost, come get the Carolina Cup? <laughs> no, it's a little a little less formal than that. But generally speaking, we'll have either the referees or myself or the other co-commissioner will hand it off to the captain. And, uh, nice. you know, the, the captain will see fit to who to who'd hoist it up next. Uh, a couple guys will do a little lap sometimes. It's been, uh, And then uh, we take the picture that you guys can see uh, on our Facebook and Twitter. And then we, we put them all up on the website. Very, very cool. Yeah, as a matter of fact, we have liked it and retweeted the championship pictures on your uh, YouTube page and on the Twitter as well. So uh, for everybody out there that's following, you can go check it out yourselves because we are very big fans of the RSHL over here at Hit the Deck. So well done, guys. Congratulations to all the winners. And for the teams that came up a little bit short, go get them next year. <laughs> exactly. i like to give a, a little shout out to a few of these people, too. And the C Division, Cameron Pratt from Border Patrol. Had nine goals, 14 assists. He was first in points for the C Division. Ryan Reich from the Reapers, he had five goals, 13 assists for first in points in B Division. And then uh, Justin Ververito from the Whalers had 17 goals, five assists for first in points in the A Division. So uh, good job to those guys. I'm a big stickler for stats, so I love to see guys up there in points crushing it especially uh justin ververito he, he always has a good season but putting up 17 goals is pretty impressive definitely yeah, definitely and we appreciate the the amount of assists there too that really speaks on the generosity and teamwork that goes on in the uh raleigh street hockey league so good 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 stuff i'm curious Absolutely. where where do you go from here what's your next thing well next the rshl thunder is going to pittsburgh next weekend april 27th we have a travel tournament team that consists of some of the best players from the league, and they are going up to the 2018 National Championships in Pittsburgh at the RMU Island Sports Center. I believe it's the Street Hockey USA guys put this tournament together. A lot of the best teams from all around, and especially Pittsburgh, from what I'm told, it's the biggest ball hockey tournament in Pittsburgh. So it looks like a lot of fun. I wish those guys luck, and we'll be giving you some updates on that, too. Excellent. Yes, yeah, please. good luck to them. Is this the first time that you're participating in the uh, Pittsburgh tournament, the uh, RSHL? Uh, no, I think we've been up there about five years running now. And we've done pretty good when we got up there. I believe we've made it to the semifinals almost every time. And we're generally thought of as one of the better teams that come up there in that division. And the guys do a really good job. Brian Hooks, the co-commissioner of the RSHL, that's kind of his bag too. And he takes care of all that stuff. There's certainly a lot of planning that's involved with that and a lot of details. And he rounds up a good group of guys. And I say we because I've gone up a couple times. I'm not going up this year, unfortunately. But we go up there and we put on a good showing for the RSHL. Absolutely. How long is the tournament? Is it like a day or a couple of days or whatever? It's a three-day tournament, but the local teams play on Friday night. And then the away teams will end up playing Saturday. They generally do the whole round robin on Saturday and then playoffs are on Sunday, and there's generally a lot of teams. So there's a, I think there's usually like 25 teams that you have to go through all single elimination, you know, to get to the finals. So it's a pretty daunting task. Yeah, to seriously. Get to the top. All right. Wow. Well. Well. Really. Then. Good. Very good luck to the Thunder. So when does the new season start for the RSHL? We do a small season in the summer. So because the A and B division usually have trouble getting all their teams there. We'll do a draft to kind of keep things fresh. Mm -hmm. So we'll do an, an A and B division draft. So we'll usually pick about four teams, get everybody to sign up, and then we'll do a quick little, you know, simple snake draft and see who comes up on top. And then usually with the C division, we have those guys usually like to stay together and keep their teams going. So mm -hmm. we'll do a, kind of a normal season for the C division. Does the winner of that short season for the A and B also possession of the cup or is this just like a play for fun thing nope they get possession of the cup as well all right you work hard and you win it you get it great all right excellent so you have a tournament coming up in july is that correct 
That is correct. Well, is does we, that uh, fall after the short season or during the short season? How does that work out? This is going to fall during the season. Okay. Almost like an all-star game? <laughs> no, nothing like that. We're doing we're doing what we're calling the 2018 RSHL Summer Shootout. And that's going to be Saturday, July 21st. And we're actually doing that in Greensboro, North Carolina. It's uh, about an hour outside of Raleigh. They have a really unique facility. It's a bit of a smaller rink. It's got boards. It's indoors. It's got sports court. Like I said, it's a little bit of a smaller rink. So we can do a three-on-three tournament. It's kind of it's, it was actually made for roller hockey, I believe. So like a three-on-three roller hockey. So we do it three-on-three ball hockey. It's a really nice facility. It's got showers. It's got some locker rooms and stuff. It, it's it's run by the city. So it's a really great facility. Fantastic. And then so we did something similar last year where we had another gentleman had run a tournament there and it went pretty well so we decided to kind of take it over and try to expand it and have a bigger one so kind of the details of it is the tournament's going to start at 9 a.m and i think we're going to be going all day we get enough teams lined up that it should go to probably 9 p.m so one day tournament and then each division will play in the morning afternoon or night that way your team doesn't have to be there all day so you'll kind of start if you start in the morning you'll finish before the afternoon that way you don't have to stay there till you know the final it makes it a little bit easier that way but it's very uh, considerate that is brilliant yeah so i wish every tournament would be that considerate so that that's really well done on your part man thank you I, i find it to be a lot easier you know guys can show up for the few hours out of the day get the tournament in and then you know go about their business they don't have to log out a whole day from work or travel or all that stuff you know exactly that that's really when you sent the email writing everything out. I was really impressed by that more than anything else. So well done, Kevin. Really well done. That, that's fantastic. Thank you. We try to figure out every detail. You know, I'm a very detail-oriented person. So I try to make sure all the details are worked out. And I try to make sure everybody knows the details so that there's no guessing. And I know whenever I go to a tournament, you're always like, well, when's our next game? Well, how is this going to work? You know, it, I think if you just spell it all out in the beginning, then it's a lot easier for people to understand. And it's a lot easier to sell it on other players. You know, a, a captain can easily tell a player who might be on the fence. Oh, well, you know, you're only going to be there for four or five hours. So don't worry about taking the whole day off. Sure. And from yeah. what I can see here, it looks like the rules are very similar to what you have for the Ironman tournament. But would you mind laying out what we can expect for the shootout tournament? Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't necessarily call it an Ironman, but we're trying to keep the rules similar. That way, you know, everything gels the same and, and you know what to expect at an RSHL tournament, whether you're playing this one or you're playing the Ironman. But this one, we're going to have five runners and a goalie per roster. That's similar to Ironman. But we're going to do three versus three playing format. So that way you have a couple guys that can be subs on the bench. So you're going to get a workout, you know, but you're not going to have to Ironman it the whole time. And it's a 13-minute game. So I think that's plenty of running time for five guys for 13 minutes. And then we just do the running clock the entire game. Unless the ref stops it, if there's an injury or something like that, the ref can stop the game and you know if he deems necessary. And again, we're going to do no offsides. That keeps the game and the action going. Always love those guys that cherry pick behind the opposing team's net. Uh, you know, waits for that wraparound pass or something like that. that. That's always fun. That always keeps it exciting. Spoken like a true defenseman, my friend. Much appreciated. <laughs> I'm tapping my stick for you for that one. <laughs> Excellent. So we will do icing, and this one we're going to do face-offs. Usually in the Ironman we do kind of a, a countdown, but this one we're actually going to do the face-offs. It's a little easier with a smaller rink to get the ball back into play quickly. Like the Ironman, we're going to do penalties as penalty shots. This has kind of always been one of my my favorite because you don't have to waste that time setting up, you know, and getting people in a box, putting in a time, making sure they came out, you know, getting the man advantage type thing. It's kind of like, you know, you, you, you do the crime, you know, you, you don't have to do the time. (laughs) It's up to your goalie to bail you out. Yeah. Thanks for that. Just speaking on behalf (laughs) of the goalies. We appreciate that. (laughs) So we're going to do uh, four games guaranteed for everybody. That should include a three-game round robin, and then uh, you'll you know you'll get into the playoffs. Everyone makes the playoffs. I don't think it's any fun not to make it in the playoffs. Uh, So yeah, and uh, the tournament's going to be held at the Greensboro Sportsplex. Like I said, it's at uh, 2416th Street in Greensboro, North Carolina. And uh, we got three divisions again. We're going to do C division, B division, and A division. A division would be the highest skill level. 
and C division is the lowest, obviously. With B division in the middle, that'll that'll have some, I think, some pretty good blend of A division and B division guys. So it should be a pretty competitive B division this time. Fantastic. And uh, we'll definitely put links up on our Facebook page and Twitter, too. And if anything else you'd like to share, Kevin, where people could either just go to the website or something like that, where they could find out some more information on how to look into it and even joining the the effort. Kevin, I think the big question on everybody's mind is, will Daniel Wilson be packing up his camera gears and going on the road for this tournament? (laughs) Absolutely. And, And I would expect him to be there playing as well. Wow. That's a gamer right there. Yeah, he filmed the uh, previous one last summer. So you can go back into the archives of the YouTube page. You can see the facility. You can see the rink. You can see Daniel Wilson's great commentary again and his superb editing skills. And uh, yeah, you can check that out and, and, and see what it looks like. All right. So if you can't make it to the July tournament, then keep checking the RSHL's YouTube channel, maybe early August and see how they did absolutely and you know what we're gonna have a lot of great teams coming out this time from out of town there's a group from wilmington north carolina that wasn't at the iron man that are going to come out and represent wilmington this time uh and i think they're bringing three teams i think they're going to bring two c division teams and a b division team so they're going to be trying to stack up to take the uh, wind out of charlotte street hockey's uh, sales there from the last time they've come <laughs> yeah. but uh charlotte's going to come again they're they're bringing two teams in c and two teams in b we got the great guys from virginia the eastern shore street hockey league they're possibly bringing three teams one in each division i have officially called out jeremy laws from columbus deck hockey <laughs> to come down awesome <laughs> you hear that jeremy You've been called out. <laughs> I'm hoping now that I did it publicly, he will have to answer and bring his team down. Your pride <laughs> mandates that you appear at this tournament, Jeremy. Don't let us down. Speaking of call-outs, I, uh, I did call out the LIQ recently to come down <laughs> to this tournament. Yeah, uh, I don't know that we're going to make it for that one, but uh, we're we're aiming to try and make it for the Ironman next year. We'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, nobody's returned my email, so I figured something was going on down there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gary, don't put your pads in your mouth about talking trash if you know, certain teams don't show up from certain areas, okay? Ah, but James, <laughs> you're assuming that I have pride. <laughs> but we, we, we really appreciate that though kevin that that's fantastic and uh yeah if we can't make it we're definitely going to wait and see what it's going to look like on uh, the youtube page but best of luck with it it sounds like a blast and one last thing is the indoor facility i'm assuming it's air conditioned correct absolutely it's north okay. carolina Beautiful. it's gotta be <laughs> okay actually kevin before you go i do have one question about the logistics of how you seed teams and maybe this isn't the most riveting question to go out on but i am curious no when somebody applies for a spot in the tournament do they say i think i should be in the a division or i think i should be in the b division or how does that work yeah, generally speaking, teams will know kind of where they're at. And actually, we had talked about this last time when we were talking about the YouTube channel and how mm-hmm. that works. The guys from Wilmington have never played with us, and I do not know what level they are. So I was able to send them the videos of what we got and say, right. this is our C division, this is our B division, where do you guys think you belong? Yeah, um, I, so I it was remember, really easy sorry. for them to watch that and then you know, figure out where they belong. I do remember us discussing that in terms of the the regular league, but I didn't know if it applied the same way with the tournaments. And my other question, a follow-up on that is, do you ever have to, since these uh, tournaments, I would imagine the roster spots are, are finite, do you ever have to say to a team, listen, my B division is full, but I can put you in the C division, or, you know, I, I have a spot open in the A division if you think you can hack it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Generally speaking, it it may just be one guy that they need to upgrade or something like that to become an A division team or downgrade to be a a legit B division team. So so the guys in our league know where they belong. You know, obviously out of town people, I just, you know, talk to them and work with them on finding a good spot where they feel like they'll be competitive. Have you gotten any responses yet for the uh, 2018 summer shootout in terms of teams signing up? And do you have an idea of how many you're preparing for right now? Or do you need an assist from us where if we could get the word out for you? Oh, I'll always take an assist. (laughs) 
<laughs> I got kind of an idea of what we have. We have kind of a, a maximum of how many teams we can fill, and I think we'll easily be at that quota. I, I already have had at least four teams send me deposits, so they're already ready to go. Some of these out-of-town teams always have first dibs on a spot until they say otherwise because I want to make sure that you know they're the ones that have the most details to figure out travel-wise and stuff like that. So it's a little harder for them to lock it down that quick. So I always give them the benefit of doubt and and hold their spots until they give me a definitive no. But this one is going to be much bigger than the Ironman. That's why we're holding it at the Greensboro facility. They can accommodate that. I believe we're going to get at least eight teams in the C division, and it might even go up to 10. In the B division, I, I think we can easily get eight teams. And then the A division, I think, is probably going to be somewhere between four and six teams. Wow. Okay. Fantastic. Yeah. I tell you what, I'm not hopeful that we're going to be able to field a team for this tournament, but I know some of the guys on our roster and having listened to this podcast and heard what this tournament is all about, it is entirely likely at least one person will be texting me tomorrow saying, dude, we got to try and get in this thing. So uh, we'll see what happens. I'll hold a spot for you guys. And until you say no, I'll hold a spot for you. All right, I'll keep that in mind. And we'll try and let you know as soon as we can. Honestly, we'd love, love, love to come down there because North Carolina just sounds like a great state anyway. But you guys are so cool. And Kevin, we feel like we've known you our whole lives. And uh, we appreciate that so much. And best of luck with the tournament. Yeah, hopefully we can come down there and not embarrass ourselves. Anything else before (laughs) we let you go there, Kevin? No, I I think that's it. I'm excited for the tournament coming up. I've been working hard on trying to get this all set up. And now that I've got it out there in public, I'm just waiting for people to come back to me and get these uh, teams finalized. So it's exciting. Uh, You know, it's a lot of work to get these tournaments going, but I absolutely love doing it and the guys love doing it. And I love reaching out to, you know, out of town teams to get some new guys in there. And since, I don't know, maybe, maybe like two or three Ironmans ago, we've really kind of got the ball rolling with getting a lot more out of town teams interested in coming. So that's kind of been the most exciting part about it is finding all these other, you know, hockey groups that are around and in the area and, and everybody's willing to come out and and have a lot of fun. You know, I hope that everybody comes out and have fun. You know, sometimes when you lose, it's not that fun, but I think in the overall scheme of things, uh, you know, getting to travel for a day and meet some new guys and and play against some new opponents is, is kind of the, the fun part about it. Well, and the benefit look, of the way I, you set it up, oh, too. Ahead, so exactly. If you come down there and you're knocked out, but you're still guaranteed four games and stuff. So there's going to be some fun to be had regardless. So well done with the planning on that as well. Yeah, I was going to say, James and I are playing in a tournament on Saturday. And this is the third time we've played in this tournament. And we've yet to win a game. And we've had fun. I, I would, I, I mean, I am daring to speak on behalf of James. But I dare say that even in uh, defeat, we have had fun playing. You know, it's it's hard to have a bad time playing hockey. Absolutely. And, and part of the fun is losing sometimes. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you have to endure that sometimes to really appreciate it when you do start winning. You know, it's when the struggle is there, it, it makes it a lot more fun to win. Absolutely. And, you know, I've won a lot of cups with the RSHL. I think I got about 13 right now in total. And but I'm not bragging about it because I can tell you exactly how many losses I have. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't remember anything about the wins, but I remember every detail about the losses. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's what keeps you driving. Yeah, the one you, that got away. Going back. All right, Kevin. <laughs> well, uh, again, July 21st is the shootout tournament, and if you are in the area and you can field a team. You should, because it's a great time. And if you're not in the area and you still want to field a team, Kevin's an easy guy to work with. So uh, give him a call or, or an email, I guess, would be more accurate. And, you know, he'll work with you. So that being said, you know, thank you so much again, Kevin, for coming on the podcast and letting us know what's going on with the RSHL. It's always a pleasure to hear from you. And you're welcome back anytime. Thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Again, uh, I, I can't thank you enough. I love the podcast, and, and thank you for keeping it going. It's great to have a podcast, you know, for the most part, specifically about ball hockey. It's, it's a great to listen to every week. I get excited to see it come in. Thanks. One more time before we go, tell us how people can reach you. Sure. You can find us at uh, RaleighStreetHockeyLeague.com. We're pretty much Raleigh Street Hockey League everywhere on Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube. The whole nine yards, and uh, that's it. All right, Kevin. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye Bye-bye, Kevin. Bye. Thank you for being on the podcast. Goodbye. Bye now. Goodbye. Bye.
I wonder sometimes why I do I, these things. Why do I, I hope, act this way? I, I, I hope you didn't scare him away. <laughs> I like Kevin. I don't want to lose him. I like him too. I don't, I just, I don't, these things just pop into my head with no rhyme or reason to explain them. And I just, I just, there's no filter. I have this pop shield, which is, is a filter between my mouth and the microphone, but there's no filter between my brain and my mouth. So I don't know if that's something I can get on Amazon. I am a Prime member, but uh, I don't know if that's going to help. Um, that that might be one of those things that's not eligible for Prime shipping. Yeah, so probably. I'm, I'm going to have to look into that a little bit. All right. Well, but don't change because we love the podcast the way it is, too. So that includes the American Rhino being the wild and wacky guy that you are. Don't go changing. Oh, you're crazy. All right. But but speaking of change, the uh, NHL has modified a rule which concerns your brethren. If you wouldn't mind going to walk us through the slight changes for the goalie interference rule, Mr. Walk Martin. us through, talk us through, like this. Aerosmith was popular in the 90s, right? Oh, big time. Podcast that's, 95, so it's, it's sort of thematically appropriate. One of the greatest comebacks in rock history. I mean, I, I'm, I'm an Aerosmith fan, too, but I guess the next generation, if you will. But uh, I don't think they ever really went away. But in the 90s, they just took the world by storm and deservedly so. Nope. Oh, well, I was hoping that the rock and roller coaster in Disney's Hollywood Studios, formerly MGM, opened in 95, because that would be a, a great segue. Well, not really a great segue, because we're not going to be talking about roller coasters. But, you know, it'd be a great, like, thing. Oh, it's 95, and that's appropriate. No, no, it didn't open until 99. So that was just a, a pointless uh, couple of sentences that I just went off on there. So I apologize. And I think the album, uh, I think, when did Pump come? I, oh, I think um, Eat the Rich came out in 93. And I don't know. I don't know if they had anything out in '95. Aerosmith offhand. All right, forget it. When did Armageddon come out? That that was probably the late '90s. '98. Right? Yeah, that was '98. Oh, '98. Yes, yeah. with that famous song. Yeah. That I can't remember off the top of my head. I know there's a very don't, famous song from the. Oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, you're a goalie. Don't, don't want to miss a thing. There you go. That should be your mindset. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. That's your mantra. You know what? If I had a bunch of scarves hanging down from the crossbar, I could probably make a few more saves just just from, you know, getting the ball getting tangled up in the, in the scarves. Whatever. Hey, Steven Tyler's a cool guy, so I'd, I'd love to see that because you're just as cool. Or if what about this? What if I tied a bunch of scarves to my goalie stick and that way when I waved it around to poke things, it would be a distraction like uh, – like, you know, the, 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 I don't, I'm waving my hands, but you can't see me because I, my camera isn't working tonight. Like, you know, with bulls, matadors, they, oh, they, yes. they wave the, the, the thing, the red cape thing. Right. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. Uh, like that. Yeah. So, ole, be, yes, yes. Ole, yeah. So, right. So when I make a save, I can, ole. And, and I'm sure that uh, the guys of Aerosmith would appreciate that because being the, the boys from Boston, they're huge, I assume, Red Sox and Bruins fans. So, oh, I um, thought you were going to say they're, they're huge bullfighting fans. I may, maybe, maybe. I'm sure they have Lamborghinis. I mean, they can afford a bunch of them, so that would work well. Well, the Celtics <laughs> are rivals with Chicago, right? So I yeah. guess they'd be in favor of bullfighters. There you go. <laughs> what what are we even talking about where how how what goalie interference goalie interference yes yes absolutely it <laughs> it all makes perfect sense <laughs> via boston so what's what's going on with goalie interference i was asking you because i don't want to step on your crease it's okay you can you can just, just as, right. as as we do in in the game situations just you can just kind of come into my crease to give me a smack on the mask to put me back on track. Okay. So basically from my understanding, because I'm just a defenseman, is that the rules are the same where in the game, if you call a goal or you call a non-goal because of players interfering with the goalie making the save. So for example, if you're familiar with the NHL rules, and, and this should apply to all forms of hockey, deck included, that you're not allowed to run over the goalie or impede him or her 
from making a save at all. So that means you can't be really you could you could do a screen, but you can't physically touch the goalie and prevent him or her from making the save. So you can't touch his glove or smack him in the head or anything like that, as you saw from uh, Avery a few years ago against the Devils. But the uh, changes for the rules, or I consider it a modification, actually, is that they will go to Toronto and whatever the call is on the ice. Let's say, for example, that the shot is counted as a goal. So they'll go and reference the situation room. And the difference there is that it will include a former referee in the officiating department and will help the in-game referee with making the call. So if it was deemed a goal, both the retired referee will speak with the in-game referee at the rink who's made the call and then decide if it is a goal or if interference occurred and it wasn't a goal and so on and so forth. So that's the only difference that they're referring to an official, a retired official, who knows exactly what to look for and has seen it. And when you're watching the video replay and conversing with the actual referee that made the call, and then the two of them will uh, go over the footage and then decide if it is a goal or not a goal. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm of a couple minds on this. So first off, the whole retired official thing, like they do this in football, right? Where they, on the broadcasts, they have the former head referee or whatever on the phone to kind of like, oh, well, what do you think of this call that they're reviewing? Well, I think it's, I think this call is definitely going to stand because it's, you know, clearly the rules say this, 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 that, and the other thing. And then the call gets overturned or, you know, vice versa. And it seems like, more often than not, the former official is wrong. So I don't know if bringing a, a retired referee who presumably retired because they've lost a step and, you know, is, is really the best judge, you know, the best adjudicator of these calls. And I mean, I get it. They have access to all the camera angles that the referee on the ice doesn't so they can make a better determination. But I don't know. It seems a little weird to me to have somebody who's no longer refereeing and no longer, you know, there in and out, game in and game out, watching it and in the rhythm and, and you know, doesn't have a feel for how things are playing out to just kind of sit in a room in Toronto and decide, yes, that is goalie interference or no, no, you're wrong. You made a bad call. You know, it, it's... Maybe it's just because they're calling it out specifically as a retired official making the call. I mean, this is this is the nature of replay now, right? I mean, I, I don't want to get up on a soapbox here, but that's what instant replay is. You know, when you call up in, in any major sport now, baseball, hockey, football, you know, it, it, I wouldn't be surprised if they'll be calling to somewhere in the NBA to determine whether somebody's you know stepped out of bounds or or if something was a charge or a you know a offensive uh whatever it's been a long time since i watched basketball but I, replay you know replay is just a fact of life now in sports and being a big baseball fan i'm not generally in favor of it because it takes this is so cliche, but it takes the human element out of it you know sports yeah when your team gets a call reversed and you know something goes your way that it initially had been called against you that's that feels good you know it's it, you enjoy that but i don't know it just takes it, it in my mind it just takes something away from the game now that being said i feel like and here i am pontificating and i really i don't mean to but i i feel like i need to kind of elaborate and get my entire thoughts on this out and uh, you know give you a sense of entirely what I'm thinking here that being said I feel like and who am I right but anyway I feel like with something like goalie interference it can be very subjective and it happens very fast you know it's not like in baseball oh either he was on the bag or he wasn't or you know in uh, in football they, they have this they're revisiting the whole what's a catch thing anyway but that's that's neither here nor there. In theory, those things are very concrete. The whole goalie interference thing can be very subjective. Like, oh, did he interfere with the goalie's ability to make a save or didn't he? Well, maybe. I mean, the goalie couldn't make the save, but would the goalie have been able to make a save if he wasn't interfered with? Well, no, then it's okay. Then it's not goalie interference. 
because that you know it's it, it it and I guess having access to slow motion and being able to see it from multiple angles lets you better determine that. But you know, to an extent, it is still subjective, and it definitely slows everything down. You know, sports. I feel like in recent years, after going the other way with replays, opening it up so much. I feel like in the last couple of years, sports have tried to kind of pull back and tamp down on the number of replays that they'll allow during the game and what's reviewable. So I applaud that. But I don't know. Like like I said, this is all a long walk to nowhere. I'm, I'm very wishy-washy on this issue. As a goalie, I appreciate the ability for someone to go back and review a non-call because there have been some bad non-calls lately in terms of goalie interference. And I appreciate that that's there because if a goalie can't make a save because they were interfered with that that's going to be frustrating but by the same token you know it's one more replay thing and i feel like we don't need more you know this is just me i feel like we don't need more replays in sports we don't need more replays in hockey we don't hockey i'm from hockey from from boston there you go like aerosmith that's right Maybe a little bit of Chicago in there, too. Aki from Chicago. Hey, eh. original six, baby. Yeah, true. Either way you go. My wife's looking at me again. She's giving me that look again. <laughs> Maybe we should wrap it up then. Yeah. So I, I guess, I mean, what do you think, James? I went off on that long thing and didn't come down definitively anywhere. So what do you think? Well, that's why I was asking you. My point of view, I agree. Sometimes that the, the obsession with the detail of replays is getting a little bit out of hand when it's really that close that you have to keep looking at the replay longer than two or three minutes. Then you got to go to the human aspect and go trust the referee or, or umpire's gut instinct. Because when you're really splitting hairs like that, then I'm on the side of the referee or the umpire. When it's something blatant that you really missed, then that's something that there's no excuse about. And that's where replay should really come in. I think the point should be the safety of the goalie and more than looking at a goal or not. So you don't want anybody just taking liberties with your goalie and coming into the crease a little bit too often or bumping the goalie at all or any of that nature. But I think that maybe going with the former official would probably make it a bit quicker, as you were saying, because that official should know what to look for having been a professional referee for so many years, and get it done a little bit quicker than not. So maybe that's what I'm hoping that they're trying to do. I think it's good if it does make it quicker and more efficient, and it just reassures that the referees on the ice are as good as they really are. Because a lot of times, and I'm just as guilty as everybody else, we like to go off on the referees when it's really not very fair because they have a really tough job and they do an excellent job at that for the most part. So I think it should be for the benefit of the game and for the fan and for the players as well. You know, I'm going to suggest something a little radical here. I think part of this, this whole thing stemmed from, there was a time not that long ago when you look at hockey as a whole, but there was a time when the crease was sacrosanct. If a player had so much as a tip of a skate blade in the paint of the crease, then a goal was disallowed because nobody was allowed to be in that crease but the goalie. And I agree that it's a little ridiculous, you know, if a player has a skate in the crease and has nothing to do with the play, that the goal should be disallowed. I think I don't think that's that's fair. I don't think that's right. So I'm not advocating that. But I will say maybe we compromise. Maybe we, you know, lock down and and say Okay, if it happens in the vicinity of the crease, if, if there's any kind of contact in the vicinity of the crease, then it's no goal, regardless of the circumstances. Unless the player, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to even, regardless of the circumstances, except for this circumstance. Yeah, listen to me. <laughs> I'd make a great politician. Yeah. So, but no, the, the caveat I will say, the exception that I will propose for that is if a player gets, like, tossed into the goalie by you know, the goalie's teammate, which happens from time to time, then I will say, yeah, it should count. But um, as a trade-off for saying, no, you can't be physical at all in the area of the crease, I will say that goalies seem to sometimes take advantage of the fact that they are basically untouchable 
and they take liberties and and wander a little bit far from their crease from time to time. And I, I, I think I've said this before on the podcast. I don't think goalies should be fair game if they leave the crease because that's not fair. But I also don't think that the goalies should, you know, basically have like a cone of invincibility around them anywhere on the ice. I think if you leave your crease and something happens, then you have to be willing to accept that. I don't think goalies should get that benefit of instant goalie interference if they're, you know, more than a couple feet outside of the crease. So I'm going to say keep the goalies back in the crease and and limit that. But, you know, outside of the crease, it's it's I would say be more lenient with incidental contact and things like that. And exactly. you know, my opinion means diddly squat. So that's that's just my suggestion. Yeah, I mean, be logical about it. They even tried to change the design of the crease for that measure, too. If you're talking about a skate being in the crease right. area and the player had nothing to do whatsoever with interfering with the uh, goalie, but then because the rule is that he was in the crease, the goal is disallowed. So exactly right. Unless you're really falling on the goalie or you know hit his head or something or touched his glove or did anything to impede him from physically stopping the puck that nobody else is forcing you into, and then, of course, then you say that it should be disallowed. But, yeah, you know, so exactly. Just use your head. Be logical about it. And I guess nothing is perfect, but I think they're at least trying to make it a little bit more efficient there. And since James and I were unable to come down definitively on what we think about this particular real rule change, we're going to put it to you. What do you think about this rule change? Do you think that it's going to make a difference? Do you like it? Are you a curmudgeon like me? And, you know, you don't, you just, I don't like replay. By cracky in my day, we had word burning cats and we liked them. I don't, that, I don't know what that means. But if you have an opinion, and come on, you have an opinion. If you have an opinion, tweet at us at Hit the Deck Pod or start a dialogue on our Facebook page at Hit the Deck on Facebook and let us know what you think because we want to know. So, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that, shall we? Good, good, quite good. Yes, excellent. Good, quite, quite, yes. Good, good, yes, good, quite, good, yes. I'm finished. Last minute remaining in the podcast. Thank you, Pops. All right. <laughs> Pops says enough. Pops says we're done. <laughs> we're done here. Okay. I and agree. I respect that. Yeah. Okay. It's unanimous. I'm sure if Kevin was still here, he would agree as well. Well, he said he, he told us off the air, James, that he talks to us even when he's not on the podcast. So he's probably sitting there right now saying, all right, guys, we get it. Get the hook. We so, hear him. Uh, we, we hear you, Kevin. We hear so. you, Kevin. And we hear you, dear listener. And we will wrap it up. So thank you, Pops, for being the voice of the podcast. Thank you to Anthony Sajazi for providing music to the podcast, the LIQ for sound effects. Thank you to you, as always, for listening. A huge thank you to Kevin Frost for coming back and being a guest on the podcast. It's always nice to talk to you, Kevin. And I said before, I will say again, you are welcome back anytime to hang out with us and tell us about the goings on of the RSHL. If you would like to talk to us, you who are not Kevin, I just mentioned before, but uh, I will reiterate, please feel free to tweet at us at Hit the Deck Pod on Instagram and Facebook. We are at Hit the Deck. We are Hit the Deck podcast on youtube and please feel free to email us at hit the deck that's d-e-k hit the deck at gmail.com and we will be happy to open a dialogue with you in that manner if you would like to subscribe to this podcast we would also appreciate your doing so you can do that at apple podcast or stitcher or the podbean app i've, I've seen a bunch of you are, are getting us on the podbean app and and that's cool keep it up keep it up it's a good Good, good way to get your podcast. And if we're not on your podcast provider of choice, let us know. We'll try and get on there. Toot sweet. So um, all that being said, feel free to subscribe also to us on our YouTube channel. And you can catch any video content that we deign to drop. Every new subscriber gets us that much closer to doing some more cool stuff. So if you use YouTube and if you like Hit the Deck, just throw us a subscription. You know, we would very much appreciate it. It would help us out oh so much. And one other thing that would help us, last thing, is if you would please feel free to 
review us on Apple Podcast or iTunes or whatever they're calling it now, that would be a huge help to us. If you would go on there and give us whatever star rating you think is fair and a little blurb about what you think of the podcast, we would also very, very, very much appreciate it. James, is there anything you'd care to add? Yeah, again, thank you, Gary. And of course, thank you, Kevin. And for everybody listening out there, check out the RSHL, either their website, as Kevin said, on Facebook and Twitter, and also their YouTube page. And you will see for yourself the exciting summary that uh, Kevin was talking about for their spring season. And if you listen to this podcast in time, hope to see you out on the Rose Charities event. And come by and say hello, and we'll give you a Hit the Deck sticker. Absolutely. So that being said, whether you are playing in a tournament that is local to you or a tournament way out that you have to travel for, whether you are freewheeling and and just going out and having fun, or whether you are playing with a rigid set of rules that are subject to instant replay review, Regardless of what you happen to be doing, I would urge you always and forever to remember it's deck hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. So, Look, I, I don't like that you can't see me. It's not fair to you. All right, John Cena. You are not John Cena.